The Copywriter Club podcast is sponsored by AirStory, the writing platform for professional writers who want to get more done in half the time. Learn more at airstory.co forward slash club. What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Rob and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join the club for episode 90 as Kira and I talk about what's been going on in the Copywriter Club lately and in our own businesses, how we hope to monitor Facebook discussions moving forward, and why scarcity is such a powerful motivator for your clients and something you need to watch out for in your own business. It is going awesome. Before we started recording, we were just talking about how we're both so happy that spring is here and spending some time outside. You were going for a run. I'm hoping to get out on my bike. And yeah, things are going good. Yeah, definitely. Getting outside has helped with the warm weather. I feel like I haven't done much of that over the last two months. So yeah, this was the first jog in a long time. Very slow. Very slow pace. Yeah, I totally get that. So uh, my bike has been sitting in my garage for way too long because the handlebar tape broke on my bike and I fixed it with some packing tape and then that just bugged the heck out of me. And so I had this tape sitting ready to make a repair and I finally got it done on Saturday and got out for a ride. And oh my gosh, you know, like 10 minutes in, I'm like, why haven't I been doing this every day? You know, I miss being on my bike. So yeah, thank you spring for getting here and getting me out of my desk chair and out into the world. Yeah. Well, I feel like you and I have been hibernating a bit the past year, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Chugging along on the Copywriter Club and putting it together. So what's been happening in your business? Because we haven't really talked about your business since episode 80, which was about two months ago, right? Yeah. So I think we talked right after the live event that we did. Right. And, you know, after the live event, I took on a lot of work. And so for the last two months, have been working really hard on balancing a couple of really large projects along with what we were doing in the Copywriter Club. And I have to admit, for the last two months, while the work has been steady and, you know, the income has been good, it has been, you know, I've literally been working 60, 70 hour weeks and not spending nearly enough time with my family or on myself. And it definitely wears you down. I think you've been doing something similar. And we did the same thing, I guess. I didn't realize that. But after the event, I feel like January and February were so focused on the event in New York that I guess I missed the client work where I felt, you know, I like to get out there. I like to speak to clients. I like to book work. I like to make money. I like to sell. So I think I just got overly zealous and just jumped into client work and took on a lot as well. We both did that. And so I definitely booked the biggest two months I've ever booked with more projects than really I could handle and decided to look at it like I'm running a micro agency and to bring on subcontractors as needed and really just to treat it like, you know, I'm an agency. I need to operate differently than I have in the past. And this will be an experiment, like we always say. So that's been my March and April. And while I feel like I have taken away a lot from that and it has helped me grow, which we kind of always have to say, right? It was painful. It was very painful. I don't know why I put myself through these torturous events just to like grow personally. But yeah, I think the client work paired with 
our launch of our accelerator program, which we launched twice a year. And actually, we're going to start launching it just once a year in September. And then the launch of our Think Tank Mastermind Group. And then we even launched a new program, the Accelerator Plus, for our (laughs) former Accelerator members, which, you know, well, we can talk more about that in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but yeah, it's, I think you're right. We seem to have done a lot of similar things. You sort of took on a lot of subcontractors. I didn't do any subcontracting or did very little subcontracting, but also took on a partnership project with an agency that, you know, is worth far more than the typical project that I do and involves, you know, several videos and animations and just, you know, a beyond scope of what I've done as a freelancer. You know, I used to do that kind of stuff a lot in the agency world and before I did my own business, but it's good to push yourself sometimes, but then you have to let the string sort of snap back and relax. And so hopefully this month, maybe we can do a little bit of that. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I think it's just a lesson I need to learn. And I, for some reason, have a hard time learning that lesson. But I do think that I am slowly starting to get it. I just think I need to, I don't know, I need to feel the pain. I really need to feel it in order to change and to learn these lessons. Like, hey, I should take on less clients while we're building the Copywriter Club. That makes sense. So I do feel like since this crazy few months, you know, I brought on a virtual assistant who's amazing and we'll probably have her on the show soon. So that has helped. And I'm working through that very slowly baby steps because it's tricky to onboard people. At least I have a hard time onboarding people. And then I've been working on just managing my schedule too, to create more space because I am the type of person who will just book every day, like back-to-back meetings, which I know you've done as well. And that's been really hard for both of us to just go like, no stop. We don't even stop for bathroom breaks. Like we just book it flat out all day, calls back to back, which is crazy. So I am managing my calendar, creating space on Mondays and Fridays every morning from nine to 11, just blocking it, like just blocking time now, which is something that I had not done in the past. So again, I kind of feel like I need that pain to really motivate me to make the changes that I need to make. And a lot of what we teach other copywriters to do as well. Yep. That sounds good. And you mentioned that we tried a new product. This Accelerator Plus is what we called it tentatively, an experiment that we ran because we wanted to be able to connect with the people who have been in the Accelerator but aren't you know, ready for whatever reasons to move up into the think tank. And, you know, we put together a little bit of a program. It was a test. We didn't launch anything. We didn't really advertise it or tell anybody about it, except for a few of the people who had been in the accelerator. And with all of the other stuff that was going on in our businesses and the other launches that you've already talked about, it was just too much. You know, it was one of those things where we had all these great intentions about creating something else. And we just felt like we couldn't give it a hundred percent because of all of that other stuff going on in our lives. And so, we pulled the plug, which is the first time we've ever done anything like that. And as you mentioned earlier, we see everything as an experiment. It's never a failure to stop something that's not working or to stop something that you can't give 100% to because you and I want to deliver the very best that we possibly can. And if the experience that we're creating isn't phenomenal, then we really don't want to be part of that. And so, yeah, we actually experimented with something and then pulled the plug on it within a month because it just didn't feel like it was meeting everybody's needs. Yeah. And I feel like it was a good decision because it allowed us to start having a bigger conversation about what we want to create, what we want to continue to offer. Basically, like what are our offers? What can we do really well? So I feel like it forced us to think about all the different pieces because you and I have been in the weeds so much and I like to operate in the weeds and kind of stay in the weeds and have a hard time pulling back. 
So we were forced even to just sit down, you know, for a couple hours last week and talk through the vision and like what we actually are building, what we're putting together, which was a really good conversation. So I guess the silver lining is it allowed us to figure out what we can do well and to focus on that. Yeah. So we've been really busy, I think, is the takeaway from all of this conversation over the last couple of months. And hopefully, as we start to approach summer, we can take a little bit of a step back, relax, be a little bit focused on what we're building, doing the right stuff in both our own businesses and in the Copywriter Club. Right. And we both are taking time in July at different times to go on vacation with our families. And so I think it's easy for me to work hard when I know that vacation is not that far away. And I really, truly want to unplug So it makes it easier to hustle a little harder at the beginning of the year, especially during winter. What else are you going to do during January and February, right? Yeah, when it's cold out, there's ice. (laughs) Who wants to go out in that? Not me. So how is the Facebook group, Rob? (laughs) (laughs) That is a great question. You know, we've had a few things happen over the last couple of weeks that I think we want to just talk through a little bit with everybody. We posted some conversations in Facebook, but the way Facebook works, a lot of that stuff gets lost. And we just want to be really clear about a couple of things so that everybody knows where we stand and why sometimes we let things go longer than maybe people feel appropriate. That kind of thing. So our Facebook group has reached 7,800 people as of this last week and continues to grow. We have hundreds of people every week asked to get in. We don't let every single person in because we want to make sure that they're copywriters, they're working copywriters. We want to make sure that their Facebook profiles are real, that you know they're real people and they're not bots or people that are pretending to be somebody else. So, you know, for instance, if somebody asks to get in and their Facebook profile picture is Brad Pitt or something like that, then you know, those people don't get in. But we've been growing like crazy. We have a ton of copywriters that want to get into the group and we're happy to welcome all of them, really want to make it a place where we can focus and have great discussions. And occasionally we have discussions that turn out to be not so great, not because of the intentions necessarily, but because certain comments go a certain way, or they touch on a political theme or something else. And so I think we just want to talk through with everybody what our approach to that stuff is and where we're headed in the future. Yeah. And let's just say that we have not scripted this out other than Rob and I have had, you know, many conversations about this, especially recently. But to me, you know, this group, we created this group to create a really positive space for copywriters because Rob and I are clearly community focused people. We met in a mastermind group. So we both are proof that together, as cheesy as it sounds, like we can really help each other as copywriters, especially since most of us are working from home, co-working spaces, we're not around other copywriters day to day. So let's take this space online. And we've been in other Facebook groups, many other gr- groups. We're in a lot of other groups now. And I have been in groups where it didn't feel good and it was really negative and I left very quickly. And maybe that was just one experience or maybe that was just the tone of the group. I don't know. So ultimately, when we created this group, we wanted it to be for the copywriters that don't believe in creating negative spaces and belittling each other and drama. So we wanted to keep it really positive, a place that the two of us want to hang out. And we even said from the beginning, if it's not a place that we look forward to going during the day, you know, in between client work and kind of escaping our client work or even procrastinating to go into this group and connect with other copywriters and help other copywriters and ask questions, if it turned into something where the two of us don't want to hang out there, then we really need to question what we're doing, what we're creating. 
And it hasn't been that way, yeah. right? I mean, it's been a very positive space. People have said it's different from other groups. We haven't done everything right the entire time just because we're learning as we go. It has not been perfect, but I feel like we try to adjust and deal with everything that we're facing day to day, month to month, as it's all new to us, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes on in that group. We have more than 20 posts a day. The engagement is incredibly high. Thousands of members, in fact, more than 5,000, 6,000 members every month, you know, engage in some way with the content in our group. So there's a lot going on. And as you can imagine with members of the group from literally almost a hundred countries around the world, there are different cultures, different political beliefs, there are different beliefs about, you know, the appropriate roles of men and women. And I think that's part of what makes it so interesting because there's so much different thinking and so many different viewpoints that come in. But it also causes some clashes of cultures where, you know, people have very strong viewpoints about, you know, the appropriateness of something or another. And I'll just bring up a couple of posts that have happened recently. A couple of weeks ago, there was a post in which somebody asked about a piece of copy that they had written and they used a phrase that historically has not been racist. It has roots thousands of years ago in Greek history, but because it included a word that has been used as a racist slur. A lot of people felt like that term was racist. And there was a really healthy discussion around that. But some people felt offended by the fact that others weren't willing to see such a thing as being racist. People wanted to look at a phrase being different from the word and all of this kind of stuff that came out. And then a second discussion that happened around some sexist language. You know, I think the post was put up somewhat jokingly about mansplaining certain things and the fees that women charge versus men. And it sparked a discussion that, again, at one point, you know, became very personal. People felt personally attacked and didn't feel like the kind of conversation that we wanted to have in the group. And like you were saying, when we started out, we wanted to create a group that was a safe space for people to discuss ideas, but wasn't necessarily a safe space from ideas. And that doesn't mean we wanted people to be offended or that we want to welcome people to post offensive kinds of things. But we do want to be able to talk about things, especially language, which can be so loaded, you know, depending on where you're coming from and what you believe. But talk about language in ways that it doesn't get talked about everywhere else. Yeah. And the tough part with all of this, so with your first example about, you know, the term that has a racist connotation, when do we turn it off, right? When has the lesson been learned where the person who posted and didn't know that it was racist, they learn their lesson and the conversation's over. That's the tricky part, especially because Rob and I and Britt, our lovely community manager, like we aren't in there. We don't see everything. We can't catch it in real time. So we're trying to figure out when's the right time to cut off conversations so that we're not over-policing everything in the group, which many of you have asked us not to do as well. And we don't want to do that. But when do we cut it off? When has it gone too far? When has the lesson been learned? So for me, you know, as soon as we find out that this term does have racist connotation, then for me, the lesson is learned. Okay, now we know the conversation's over. Like we learned the lesson here. We don't need to continue to talk about it. That was the question. And now we know a lot of the people didn't know. So I think Rob and I are trying to figure out that tipping point of when conversations need to end, when they shouldn't even go up because they have bad intention, right? So we're really looking now at the post. What is this person thinking when they post it? Are they really asking a question or are they just trying to get a rise out of the community? Because we're not interested in that. We don't want people to just post something controversial for the sake of posting something controversial, 
We want people to post something to help the people in the group and to start a conversation that will somehow be connected to copywriters as a profession and what we do as a profession. So we're looking now at the intention behind post as well. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I would say we do not necessarily want to censor everything. We don't want to create a group where everything has to be approved before it goes live. Because, you know, if people then post, then they've got to wait for you or I to come online to get those discussions going. And that's really not what the group is about. Like, we trust everybody in the group to be mature and adults about the discussions that are there, to engage in a positive vibe, and, you know, to be able to talk about hard things in ways that help other people understand what's going on. And it's okay to have differing opinions too, to walk away from a conversation and not agree, you know, but we definitely are going to be taking a closer look, especially at things like, you know, name calling and derogatory terms used particularly against individuals. And we will be looking at posts a little bit more of a better eye as to, you know, the intent behind it, like you were saying. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we don't want to create a bubble, right? There are other groups that I'm in. They're great, but everyone has a similar viewpoint and belief system. And there is a place for that. But that isn't what we want to create here. And so our goal is to figure out how to do this, to do it well, and to keep the bar really high. I think we all deserve that as copywriters. And so at this point, if someone posts something And we find that the intention behind it is not to help or to learn or to cultivate community, anything like that, then, you know, we're going to look at it more closely. We'll warn people if it's something that feels just inappropriate. And if it's just completely off the walls, then we will kick somebody out. We don't want to kick people out, but we will if we have to. We haven't kicked out many people at this point, right? I mean, I haven't kicked out anybody. I know we've had to kick out a couple people. Yeah, we have kicked out a few people, mostly for name calling or for being, you know, really negative. We had that happen last spring to one or two people. But after that, you know, it's really only been a few people who post inappropriate things in the group. And it's not necessarily even been racist or sexist, but, you know, the same things over and over or things that, you know, are promoting their own services, those kinds of things. So we really don't want to get to that point where we're heavy handed with anything. I think the one other takeaway that I would say about all of this is that because it's so hard to understand where other people are coming from or whether the intent is good, that it's always a good idea just to assume that the intention was not evil, it was not negative, that they're, you know, we really are trying to help each other out or throwing out ideas. And then even if the language is indelicate, even if the language might be potentially offensive, that the intention probably wasn't to be offensive. And so at that point, let's start a conversation about, hey, just so you know, you know, I'm offended by this and this is why. And, you know, again, have a very adult discussion about how language can impact different people. We don't have to agree. You don't have to walk off and say, I'm changing the way that, you know, I talk to everybody, but it can be eye-opening to see that, okay, if this term is offensive to somebody, maybe I won't use that in the future. Right. And I think we can say, again, we want this group to be open to all copywriters. As long as you are a copywriter or have, you know, heavy interest in copywriting, we want to welcome you. So as long as you're not a robot, you're welcome in this group. And if you have good intentions, then we want you to be in here. Absolutely. So we don't want to end on this note because it's maybe not as positive as we'd like. And so, you know, I also want to talk a little bit about a podcast that I listened to a few weeks ago. It's actually not a new podcast. It's been out for a little while, but it's an episode of the Hidden Brain podcast that talked about scarcity. And 
it was really fascinating to me as I listened to this podcast because scarcity is one of those things that we talk about all the time as copywriters, how, you know, we need to make sure that our customers or our clients, you know, are experiencing scarcity so that they buy more. And, you know, I just wanted to throw out this for people to go and listen to, you know, if you listen to podcasts, check out this episode on scarcity from the hidden brain, because it's really interesting in what it says about scarcity. And of course, again, we all use scarcity and we can talk maybe for a minute or two about why and why it's a good thing and the impact that it has, not just on the writing that we do for our clients, but also on us in our own businesses. All right. So what was your biggest takeaway from that podcast? So what was most interesting to me was that when we are in a scarcity mindset, we don't make decisions very wisely. And this is actually one of the reasons why it's such a powerful motivator. So the Hidden Brain podcast quoted a survey that looked at Indian sugarcane farmers. And Indian sugarcane farmers get paid once a year, which means that when they harvest everything, they suddenly have a lot more money than they usually do. And like everyone else, they don't always spend their money wisely. And so as they get you know through the end of the summer, they end up being very poor and don't have resources that they need. So they enter into this scarcity mindset. And so you know, right up until, say, September, when the harvest happens, they're very poor. And then within a week or two, they're much better off than they were before. And the kind of decision-making that they do changes when they have resources versus when they don't. When they have a lot of resources, impulse control is a lot easier. They don't make bad decisions. And it's not just around spending money wisely, but all of the decision-making they do is better thought out as opposed to when they don't have resources, they're more impulse-driven, they make poorer decisions. And that applies to us in our businesses as well. You know, we'll see in the Facebook group, people are suddenly, you know, they'll throw up a post, say, I need clients right now. What do you do to get clients right now? And because they're feeling that scarcity, not having clients puts them into that mode where they're not making the best decisions. And it's very difficult at that point for us to step outside of ourselves and take a look and see what's happening. And so we start doing bad things like, you know, really poor email pitches, you know, cold outreaches that aren't going to land well, because again, we're not thinking through, you know, the entire process. And Think about this from your client standpoint when you're writing and implementing scarcity into, you know, your sales letters or into a web page. If you can stimulate that scarcity, this is actually going to sound really manipulative, but they don't always think through their decisions. And so oftentimes they'll buy more or they'll, you know, make a purchase decision that they could regret later. And so we need to be really careful about how we use that and also how we reinforce the decision making to make sure that it's the right kind of decision. Does that all make sense? Yeah, I'm just thinking through there's so many different angles. It's how you actually write your copy with scarcity and then how you're running your business. So what would you say to copywriters that are feeling that scarcity and are really almost like desperate to find work to get paid this month, next month? How can they reverse that when they feel that pressure? So maybe they are writing a less stellar cold email. Yeah. Well, I think the first step is that you need to recognize that you are in a scarcity mindset. You need to you really stop and say, okay, what's going on here is I'm panicking because I'm missing the thing that I feel like I need, whether that's clients or income or the resource that is scarce. And you need to take a step back and say, okay, you know, what's the outcome that I need here? And really think through what is the best way for me to move forward to get to that outcome, to eliminate all of the panic, to eliminate, you know, the poor thinking that goes along when you are obsessed with something like I need to find another client or I need to 
you know, earn another thousand dollars to make the mortgage, something like that. Maybe it could also be, you know, when you hit that mode where you realize, okay, I'm feeling a bit desperate. I am not feeling great about this. I need to make a thousand bucks ASAP to focus on what feels uncomfortable, which is just kind of service and helping others. So it doesn't mean to necessarily work for free, but the most recent time this has happened to me where all of a sudden I had a slower month after being busy for months and months and months, I've just had a moment where I freaked out and was feeling that scarcity. You know, where are all the leads? Where did they go? I had so many last month. And what helped for me is just kind of going out to all of my contacts and a lot of my copywriter friends and just saying, hey, how can I help anybody overwhelmed, anybody overloaded? How can I help you? I'll take on work. I'll take whatever you've got. I just want to make some cash and I'll work hard for you, right? And that helped. I landed a couple of jobs that way and then just pushed through. And then all of a sudden the leads started to flow again. And part of that, you have to do you know, the foundational work, which is building partnerships and relationships ahead of time so that you have people you can go to to offer to help. But at least for me, that helped in a situation where I was feeling that desperation and it helped me overcome it by just kind of putting myself out there, being humble enough to take whatever I could, not feeling bad really about saying, hey, I don't have work this month. I think we all have to be able to say that as copywriters if you want to get over or get through those droughts and not be too proud during those times. Yeah, as you say, I think having a network can really help you deal with these kinds of things for the very reason that you said, you know, they can help provide work, but they can also give you that feedback and say, hey, wait a second, what you're feeling here is panic and is brought on by the fact that you're missing something that you feel like you need to take a step back and look at it. The other thing too that I would say is this is one reason why, especially once we've had a little bit of success, we need to be really careful about, you know, saving up just a little bit of money so that there's always a little bit of money in the bank. You don't ever hit that total panic where the mortgage is due tomorrow and you don't have money to solve it. Now, I know Know that's a really difficult thing to say to somebody who's just starting out or somebody that's in that space, but it's probably worthwhile thinking through just personal finances and you know what do you need to live on? How can you put some money away for the future? Because all of us hit those month or two months where you know the leads slow down or they may dry up altogether before it starts back up, and you don't want to be in the situation where you're panicking and doing everything wrong. Yeah, you're probably better at that than I am. The whole saving concept. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if my savings ever run out. <laughs> I just, but, yeah, I, just I just hit the panic mode where I freak out. Yeah. But I mean, you can see why it's such a powerful motivator and why when we use it in our own sales pages, if we're using it wisely, which we would always suggest people should do, it is a powerful motivator for people to get the thing that they are lacking and to help our clients to sell more things. Right. But how do you create it? I mean, we don't want to promote creating false scarcity, right? So if you're selling something, but there isn't necessarily scarcity built into it, how can you create that without really manipulating anyone? Yeah. I mean, that's the magic question. I've seen some really manipulative stuff that turned me off. I was looking at a course tool last week, in fact, and they sent me an email saying, hey, if you buy in the next four hours, you know, you get all this stuff at half price, but this deal goes away in four hours because we're launching something, you know, in another month. And I was just like, well, then why does it go away in four hours if it's not even happening until next month, right? It felt really manipulative and actually turned me off. I didn't end up buying the thing. And compare that to say Amazon or hotels, you know, when you're booking and it says something like, you know, only two more rooms at this price. Assuming that that's true, 
then that's actually a better use of scarcity, right? Because I want to make sure that I, you know, get that room at that price. Again, it can be used very manipulatively and you don't want to do that. I think, you know, we need to be honest about whether scarcity is the right selling tool for some of the things that we sell. Oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes we should be looking at other behavioral triggers to pull instead of scarcity. You know, if something's evergreen, then it's not scarce. Even if you put a countdown timer on it and you, you know, only limit it to the people as soon as they join your list, that's still false scarcity and it's manipulative. And I think for most things, it's probably not the right way forward. And there's maybe a better argument to make for your client to buy your product. All right. So we've covered the latest in our businesses, the Facebook group and scarcity. What's coming up next for you that you're really excited about over the next, let's say, month or two? Okay. Well, we do have a couple of things that we're working on in the Copywriter Club that I'm stoked about. Hopefully, we're going to get our new website up. Anybody who's ever been to our website knows how horrible it is. And it was put up sort of as a placeholder. And we've been working on new designs for quite a while. People have seen the new logo and that kind of thing. So I'm excited to get that up and to have a new home base where the Copywriter Club lives. So we've got that. You and I are working on something else for the entire club that we're not yet ready to announce and you know some changes and some awesome things that I think people are going to appreciate over you know the next three or four months. Hopefully we can get those done and out. And I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to just summer, to having just a little bit more time to myself to take a little time away and you know relax a little bit. How about you? What's coming up next for Kira Hug? Yeah, everything you just said. And I'm excited about our accelerator program and our think tank program because we have all the people in. And so now that we have everyone, we just get to work with them and hang out with them and get to know them and help them. And so the pressure for launching is off and we just get to do the work and get to know these copywriters. And yeah, it's a different pace and I'm looking forward to a slower pace and scheduling more time over the summer just for fun and for pleasure and taking off and not being such a workaholic this summer. I can't wait to watch you do that or maybe (laughs) not do that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can do it. We have some really good episodes coming up on the podcast that we've recorded already. We've got a really big name that's going to join us for episode number 100 as kind of a celebratory episode. So, you know, that's still a couple months out, but I'm excited about that stuff too. There's just so many smart people that we get to talk to on a weekly basis. And it really is an opportunity just to keep learning and getting better at our businesses. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this 90th episode, non-episode update. We appreciate it. Yep. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode.